Welcome to Pulse, a Paychex HR podcast, where HR professionals find insights on today's top issues and inspiration to build and lead effective teams in a healthier workplace. I'm your host, Rob Parsons. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Pulse. We're joined today by Christian Mango, president of Financial Fitness for Life. Financial Fitness for Life is an award-winning financial wellness solutions provider that couples in-person financial wellness coaching and investment education with best-in-class technology and data analytics. Their guiding principles are simple, to improve the well-being of every employee and to improve the performance of every organization they work with. Christian, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Rob. It's great to be here. It's, uh, I, I'd, I'd love to start with your firm's guiding principles, specifically improving the well-being of every employee. That feels like a, that feels like a big ask. <laughs> Some days it does to me too. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, when you think of financial well-being, it means something different to everyone, right? So for some, it's that traditional notion of retirement. For others, it may be something like financial freedom. Um, but think about the average worker that maybe you know is living paycheck to paycheck, that has debt, no assets, doesn't have an emergency savings account. If you can give them you know some financial breathing room, you know get them out of living paycheck to paycheck, that may be financial liberating you know for them or financial freedom for them. So. You know, I think that's the key, right, is to make it personalized, to understand where everybody is. Um, And for that person that really is struggling, you know, to get them out of living paycheck to paycheck, that's financially liberating to them. And then you can begin the hard work, you know, to sit down with them and figure out goals. And that could be the beginnings of saving for retirement. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's hard on one hand. um, It's daunting on one hand. But on the other hand, I think, you know, if you're looking at it individually, it's achievable. It's it's an interesting point you bring up because I think organizations don't do a good job at looking at the individuals. And in fact, they do a good job really of just deciding what they think is right versus actually finding out what people really need. We've done some research on DEI, some research on wellness benefits, and there tends to be a gap between what employers think is valuable and important and what employees are really looking for. Have you found that in your business as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, almost across the board, there's a gap in understanding. And, you know, for large organizations, you know, that gap um, is more pronounced, right? Um, I think it's tough to really get the pulse of employees, really understand truly what their needs and wants are. And if you're not doing that, if you don't really understand it, you know, it's hard to make good decisions on behalf of those employees. It's hard to put together benefits packages that meet the needs and wants of those employees. And so um, it's tough to do. I mean, there are some things that employers can do, right? So they can do a pulse, employee pulse survey. Um, But financial wellness fits that bill too, right? So if if you've got a good financial wellness solution um, and you're really engaging employees in a meaningful way and a meaningful level, you're collecting a lot of data and a lot of information and you're able to put together insights into those employees that that employer may not otherwise have. So I think, you know, really focusing on that and to your point, really understanding what those needs and wants are is really critical to making good decisions about those employees. Is that where your technology can come into play and then, and then help you educate these employers, these organizations you're working with? 
Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting. If you think of financial wellness, you know, maybe we're on financial wellness 3.0, but go back to financial wellness 1.0. That's probably like, hey, how many employees did you meet with, right? How many meetings did you do? Financial wellness 2.0 was, did we move the needle? Did we get more employees on track to retirement? Did we get more employees to complete a budget? Um, Financial wellness, to me, 3.0, is really taking all of that activity and distilling it down and and thinking more holistically about those employees, observations, insights, all of that stuff, and going back to that employer and providing that. And that could be things like, hey, did you know that 30% of your employees are single parents with dependents? What does that mean? As you think about or reevaluate your employee benefits package, maybe you ought to consider you know, subsidized childcare solution? Or did you know that 50% of your employees have student loan debt? And of that 50%, you know, 60% of those people have student loan debt in excess of $60,000. You know, that kind of information is helpful in really putting together a benefits package that does truly meet the needs and wants of those employees. That really is excellent insight, Christian. Just understanding what people really need is so critical I, I would say the flip side of that coin is employees understanding what's even available to them and are do they are they utilizing these resources to the best effect? Yeah, I think we see that all the time. I mean, you know, employers spend a lot of time, money, resources putting together benefits packages. Um, if those employees don't even understand them or understand how to utilize them, you know, that employer is not getting the best bang for their buck out of that. And those employees don't aren't using those tools that are at their disposal to, you know, improve their financial well-being. So educating on those employee benefits is absolutely critical. And we don't see a lot of employers necessarily doing a great job at that. Um, And it's largely because, you know, these employee benefits are sort of a piecemeal approach, right? There isn't something that ties everything together. um, And that's hard to do. And, And again, that's where a good financial wellness solution can sort of sit at the the center of those broader employee benefits and really educate those employees on how to use them um, and really what they are and how they fit into their overall financial picture. I got to think that's where the personalization and coaching can become really powerful. You're, 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 You're almost an advisor in helping people navigate what's available to them and really help them pick what the right solution is for them, not just for the company. Yeah. Personalization is, is key, right? You know, we talked about, you know, it earlier, you know, financial well-being or financial wellness means something different to everybody. Um, but think about kind of personalization. We all kind of learn differently. You know, our experiences are different. Our financial IQ is different. We've got different biases and we respond to, you know, financial or we have different financial behaviors um, based on a lot of that stuff. And so if you're not really approaching it from that perspective and personalizing it to the individual, um, I, I don't know how you can be successful. This whole idea of you know one size fits all, it just doesn't work, right? And so it really has to be personalized to the individual, um, but so does the education, right? And so you know, there's things we know about that, right? Education alone does not really work. It fails to get participants or employees to take action. Um, so you need to have, you know, I, I use the phrase, a lot of arrows in your, your quiver, but you've got to have a lot of different ways or mechanisms um, to be able to pull different levers to be able to coach an individual. And it could be, 
you know, on-site face-to-face coaching. It could be virtual coaching. It could be technology. And for each person that may change even over their employee life cycle. And so you've got to have a lot of different tools at your disposal to be able to provide that education and really make it personalized to the individual. So tell me how fit, financial fitness for life handles this. I know on the paycheck side, I feel like we have a similar solution model in terms of there's a there's a layer of technology that's very powerful, but we know technology alone is not going to do it. So there's this other layer of, of all of our HR business partners out working with individual companies and providing that level of personalization and customization. Do you follow that same kind of approach? Yeah, I think, you know, to be effective, you've got to start with a real understanding of what that organization's organizational goals and priorities are. You've got to really understand what their employees look like, um, including where they're located. Um, If you don't really understand that stuff, it's very hard to provide a solution that really, you know, makes sense for that organization. But oftentimes it is, you know, a combination of on-site coaching, virtual coaching, technology, but it's really working with that organization, again, to understand their priorities and goals. It's also understanding their communication strategies, what's worked well in the past. Um, It's understanding, you know, who can be sort of internal cheerleaders. We call them program champions, but finding people that can really be advocates for the solution. Um, Those are really critical steps. And, you know, we kind of summarize that in what we call our onboarding strategy. But if you're not spending a lot of time focused on that, you're just setting yourself up for for not failure necessarily, but just not as successful as you otherwise would hope it would be. I I like that concept a lot. It's come up in a lot of our talk about um, DE&I, equity and inclusion. and, And it was interesting. It wasn't, that's not something you need to bolt on. It's not another thing you should be doing. It's how you should just be operating in general. So it's, it's, it's a way of approaching your work as an HR professional, not an extra burden added to your task load. Are you seeing the same thing on the financial side? Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting. I was talking with an HR professional just the other day, and we talked about um, an article that I had read that proclaimed that, you know, 2021 was the year of financial wellness. Yet when you look at surveys, you know, on one hand, you've got anywhere between 75 to 90% of employees um, asking for and demanding a financial wellness solution, but yet only something like 25% to 30% of employers have put one in place. So there's this gap out there. And so you ask the question, you know, why is there that gap? You know, is it a cost constraint or budget constraint? Um, you know, is it that employers don't even know where to start or is there something more? And, you know, we've seen, you know, a pretty, you know, traumatic two-year period for a lot of HR professionals that are dealing with things that they've never had to deal with before. Their plates are full. And so while financial wellness and those types of benefits may be important to them and it may be on a priority list, it may be further down that priority list than we would hope as a financial wellness provider. Um, but the key, I think, in, in, in what we kind of uncovered in having this conversation is let's talk about those things that are higher up in the priority list and how might financial wellness help you um, either achieve some of those goals and priorities or deal with those things that are higher up on the list. And, you know, the, the obvious thing would be retention, right? So if there's high turnover, right, with a great resignation, you know, what what things are you doing to address that? And financial wellness certainly has 
uh, you know, an impact on, on turnover and retention. So I think it's really understanding where that HR person or professional is, what their goals and priorities are, you know, and where you sort of rank in that list of, of you know, overall goals and priorities. Does this play, when we talked a few weeks back, you, you spoke very movingly about holistic financial wellness. Does this, does this play into that? Because you talked about how it helps employees, it helps employers. Like there's a lot going on there that we should be thinking more about versus just another thing to sure. bolt on. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's clear uh, evidence through surveys and statistics that employers that do embrace holistic financial wellness solutions, they see improvements to retention and turnover. They see you know, benefits to employee morale and loyalty. Um, they see lower healthcare costs. You know, there's tons of surveys that would that would demonstrate and show that employees that uh, are offered a financial wellness solution are generally happier, healthier, uh, more engaged, you know, more productive. Um, that's a good thing for an employer. And so, you know, we talk a lot about, hey, this is a, not only the right thing to do for your employees, but it makes good business sense. And, you know, again, there's a lot of statistics on what the productivity impact uh, that financial stress has on employers. And, you know, it's anywhere from depending on what statistic you look at, but, you know, one to two hours a day potentially in lost productivity, um, you know, accumulating in, you know, roughly $500 billion in, in lost productivity to you, to American employers, that's significant. So I think they need to look at, you know, where does a financial wellness solution fit in their overall benefits strategy you know, we just talked about the great resignation, um, that battle for top talent is fierce, right? And so a lot of employers need to think about their approach to retention and attracting top talent. Um, they're looking at benefits and benefits, I would suggest historically have been an underutilized tool. And so as employers begin to think about uh, or rethink about their benefits package, they ought to be thinking about financial wellness. It is an important benefit and it's in high demand. And depending on what demographic you look at, um, it is generally in the top two or three most requested benefit for uh, employees. And so it does fit. Employers need to think about where it fits in their overall benefit strategy. Um, and they need to be doing it now because there is an opportunity for them to set themselves apart from other employers out there, you know, in this battle for top talent. I love that. You were, we've got research that says the exact same thing, the importance of, of financial wellness benefits. And I loved when you said happy, healthy, uh, engaged employees yeah. drive better business. We've, we've found the exact same thing and it's just such an important consideration. Now we cannot take, employees for granted. They aren't yeah. just a dime a dozen. They are engines that drive our business. And and the better we can take care of them, the better they'll take care of us. Absolutely. Yep. Agreed. Christian, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. You really, you brought some great insights around financial wellness and the organization sounds like it's really doing great work. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Rob, for having us. I appreciate it. It's fun. Love it. And thank you to our listeners. We'd love for you to tell us what you want from this podcast as well. Please visit payx.me slash pulse topics to submit guest and topic ideas. That's P-A-Y-X dot me slash pulse topics. Thank you once again, Christian, and thank you all for listening today. Please stay happy and healthy. 
This podcast is property of Paychex Incorporated 2022, all rights reserved.